it's time to go off-road with Willy Pretorius. In our Back to Basics segment, we are exploring the principles of 4x4 operation. In week two, we discuss the transfer case, which has two functions, namely to connect the front and rear axles to the gearbox, as well as to change the gear ratio from a high to a low ratio for difficult terrain. Thank you, Vili. I'm glad I didn't scare you off completely with my blank stares around gears, so welcome back. Hi, thanks, T. Thanks for having me, and uh, that's exactly why I'm here. It's to teach you and enlighten you a bit about the 4x4 and how it works. I look forward to it. Okay, so we've covered the differential and how that operates and the need for having the front um, axle also connected, which is where the transfer case comes in. And that brings us to an actual proper 4x4 mode. Um, and we also covered that you can move between your two-wheel drive and your four-wheel drive while moving in most 4x4s. One key thing to remember though is when you're changing your gear ratios to a low ratio, the vehicle has to come to a complete stop. Uh, do you mean before you do the, the change? Yes. So if you want to change from high range to low range, you have to bring the vehicle to a complete stop. The reason for that being that there's no clutch in your transfer case. Ah, I see. That makes sense. So the gears actually need to stand still in order to, to change between the two modes. Sometimes it needs a little bit of movement for you to be able to change between the two modes, but in most cases you just need to have it completely at a standstill and your gearbox in neutral as well so that there's no forces playing on your transfer case while you're changing mm -hmm. the two gears. So that then puts you into proper 4x4 with power going to the front and the rear so that if you have one wheel that loses traction you've still got the other axle in the rear or in the front helping you over that obstacle. But then we still have the problem where we discussed where, where it's a cross axle. So if your left front and your right rear is in there or loses traction, or your right front and your left rear wheel is in the air or loses traction, your 4x4 will not be able to go forward. So the next step to overcome that is what we call a differential lock. So I've that, heard of that. Yes, so that's just on that rear differential. Usually you only have a rear differential lock, um, but sometimes in, in more extreme vehicles you get a front differential lock as well, um, like the Land Cruiser, the Toyota Land Cruiser and the Jeep uh, Rubicon has front and rear diff locks. So you can actually press a button and that differential is then locked together, which means power then goes to both wheels on that differential. On the one axle? On the one axle that is Connected locked. to so the ground. So if you've got the rear diff lock on, that rear differential will now be locked together, which means that both wheels will get equal power at all times. So that then helps for when you have your left rear in the air and your right, I mean your left front in the air and your right rear and the right rear is then connected in a locked position on that differential, the right rear will still have power. And it won't be a case of when the differential is open where the power is going to the wheel that's in the to air. To the loose wheel. Yeah. yeah. So the wheel that's on the ground can still push you through that obstacle. And that's the function of your differential lock. 
So can I ask a stupid question? No, there's no such <laughs> thing as a stupid question. So why would you, if you could pick between a front and a rear diff lock, yes. pick the rear if you also have a front wheel on the ground? What would make you decide whether it's the back that needs to push you or the front that sort of needs to pull you? Am I making sense? That's a very interesting question. So most vehicles, obviously, to have a differential lock is an extra mechanism that needs to be attached to the, to the differential. So most vehicles only have one. And if you had to pick one, you would pick the rear because when you have the differential locked with both wheels traveling at the same speed, you don't have any steering. And if you lock the front, you won't be able to steer at all. Whereas if you lock the rear and you still have the front being able to turn, you have some steering oh, in the front. Oh, then you can, as the vehicle then starts to move, you can, you you can, can steer and control yes. that it doesn't go in the wrong direction at, at that time. That's correct. Okay, that makes sense. So that's the one drawback of having a front and a rear differential mm -hmm. lock mm -hmm. is that if you've got everything locked, you no longer have any steering control. Um, so would you use that then maybe on something like a mud issue? Yes. Rather would, than a rocky a mud issue. Or a rock, rocky area that's level. Mm. You can use your front and rear differential. Where you don't sit with uneven terrain and... A tricky route. Yes. So, for instance, you would never lock your front differential when you're on an uphill mm. and you're on a steep in, uh, incline. The reason for that being that as soon as you start sliding sideways, you won't be able to correct it if your front differential is locked. And then you can roll. And then you can risk rolling the vehicle. That makes sense. So, we're going with a rear diff lock. So, you're going with a <laughs> rear diff lock in most cases, especially when you're on a, on a steep incline. So that's then the mechanical system that was introduced to overcome the fact that your 4x4 can get stuck in a cross-axle situation. The next development in 4x4s that we cover is the introduction of a permanent 4x4. A classic one would be like the Land Rover Defender being a permanent 4x4. How is that still able to drive on the road? Well, after what you've just said, I have no idea because it depends, I suppose, now on the, well, no, what you said was that there was a diff lock that would change your steering or inhibit your steering ability if you, if you engaged it. So obviously okay. there isn't, I don't know. So the, the challenge with a 4x4 on the road is when you're traveling around a corner, Apart from the left and the right wheels having to move at different speeds, the front and the rear also has, have to move at different speeds. That's why most 4x4s okay. are, especially the first 4x4s, were designed to be part-time. So on the road, you can just travel with the rear um, axle engaged, so in two-wheel drive. And then that means the front is freewheeling and can still move at a different speed from the rear when you're going around a corner. Mm. But when you go off-road, you can put it into 4x4, and then you've got both helping you. You can still corner, but you'll, you'll corner a little bit more difficult, and you'll actually hear some wheels slipping between the front and the rear 
but because it, this it's a loose surface, it actually allows the wheels to slip. So that doesn't really create a problem. Um, now to overcome the problem of having permanent 4x4 on a tar road, for instance, mm -hmm. guess what they had to do? Um, Any wild guess? No, I'm sorry. I'm not okay. mechanically minded no. enough. That's fine. So all they had to do was introduce another differential in the middle. So at the transfer case, yes. they've now introduced another differential to allow the front and the rear axles to move at different speeds when you're on a tar road. So like a simulated 2x4 in a weird sort of way. Well, it's it's permanent 4x4 four, four four or all-wheel drive as we know it in the modern vehicles. Okay, I've heard that term. So mm. what happens then is your vehicle can drive on the tar road and the front and the rear can move at different speeds because you've got that center differential now again and that enables you to be uh, basically in permanent 4x4 mode. But why do they want to do that? Why would they want to introduce a permanent 4x4 vehicle? Well, it is to an extent to give you better traction on the road because now you've got power to all four wheels instead of just two. And that's, that's in general better when you're driving, especially in wet conditions, etc. You need power to the front and rear at all times. That makes it just a better all-round vehicle um, for grip-wise. But obviously there's a lot more wear and tear. That's why all vehicles aren't all-wheel drive. So most vehicles, will, most cars that just drive on the road will be a two-wheel drive. Because um, I'm immediately now thinking <laughs> maintenance, breakages, yes. you know, that kind of thing. So now you've got your 4x4 that's able to travel on, on the road. Okay. Now the challenge with that is if you think about where the power is going, Remember when we talked about the differential, if you've got one wheel in the air on the front axle, for instance, where would the power be going on that front axle? Not to the wheel that's on the ground. No, to the wheel to that's, the wheel that's in the freewheeling. Air. Yeah. Now, if you've got a permanent 4x4 or an all-wheel drive vehicle and you've got one wheel in the air on the front axle, as an example, on that front differential, that side shaft for, the, for that one wheel is turning faster, so all the power is going to that. But then what is happening in the middle differential? Because your front prop shaft will now be turning faster than the rear one. So the exact same thing happens in your middle differential as well, where all the power will be going to the front, which is the faster turning prop shaft. And then on the front axle, all the power goes to the wheel that's in the air. So basically, a permanent 4x4 all-wheel drive vehicle, one wheel in the air, and it's got no power going to the other wheels that are on the ground, which makes it actually less capable than a proper 4x4. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's why your 4x4s that have a center diff for off-road have, have a center diff lock as well. I was just going to say, you would need that. Yes. So mm. like a classic example would be the Land Rover Defender. You just you have to engage the center diff lock mm. in order to put it into proper 4x4 mode. A lot of Defender owners actually make the mistake by going off-road 
and not putting the center diff lock on immediately. They wait until they get stuck. And then it's too late. Well, and then it's too late, but then they can still engage it. Mm-hmm. But, but they if got you in don't trouble have it first. on, you're not in proper 4x4 mm-hmm. mode. You've just got... You could have avoided that particular incident. Correct. Okay. By just putting it into proper 4x4 by locking that center differential. Okay. Vili, I think that's enough for the novices listening <laughs> in today. Um, last week, you spoke about the Land Rover Defender and also had a look at the Ineos Grenadier. Now, interestingly, I saw on the BBC that Team Ineos is actually renaming themselves to Ineos Grenadiers for the Tour de France. Um, that's starting on the 29th of August. I don't know if you were aware of that. No, not at all. Yeah, well, they want to do that to promote the 4x4, um, obviously. And interesting to note that the team has actually won seven of the past eight uh, Tour de France's, six out of the seven as Team Sky. And then last year they renamed to uh, Team Ineos. And um, this is a team with the biggest budget in cycling at more than 25 million pounds a year. And they have the strongest squad in the sport and they're the favourites for this year as well. Now apparently Ineos is also taking on other sports sponsorships including, wait for this, Formula One and Sailing's America's Cup. So the guys are definitely going all out to promote the name and in anticipation of the launch of the of the Grenadier. Anyway, I believe it's time for some serious 4x4 talk now, so I'll make way for you and Gary. Thank you. Hi Gary, welcome back uh, to our second session. Mm, uh, great, thanks. Hi. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, news this week for us is that the Jeep Gladiator is coming to South Africa, apparently. Wow, that's good news. Any idea when? Um, not exactly sure at this stage, but it looks like it'll be here next next year, 2021 already. So that's really good news for the Jeep enthusiasts. Uh, I know they've been waiting for a Bucky or a proper Bucky version of the Jeep Wrangler to come to South Africa. I know a couple of years ago, um, I think it was 2015, they did a limited release of a body conversion kit where they took a four-door Wrangler and they converted it into a two-door Bucky version. But that didn't really have a lot of success. Um, I think especially if you had to buy a four-door and then spend more money on it to make it a two-door with a cab at the back didn't really make sense for a lot of people. Yeah, that's an expensive conversion. Yeah, but what's nice is the Gladiator is uh, is actually a purpose-built bucky. Yeah, I see the wheelbase is a little bit longer than the four-door and, of course, beefed up to take the extra weight. But the bit I've spotted now is, like, very popular in the States. Of course, Jeep, most customizable vehicle on the road anywhere in the world. I mean, everybody dresses them up and dresses them down and breaks them. But it's great. You can bolt the roof off. You can bolt the doors That's off. And now you've got a yeah. bucky with no doors. I mean, the guys in the free state are going to love it. <laughs> no, definitely. And I think uh, it's it's looking at being really successful in South Africa. What, what's also exciting about it is it's going to come with both the 3.6 and the petrol diesel. and the 3-litre diesel, which... Wow. A lot of Wrangler owners have been waiting for them to put the three-liter 
diesel into the Wrangler. So this will be like the the Wrangler with a, with a three liter diesel and a lot of power. Yeah, in it's it. gonna make it a game changer. And of course, you'll have the option of the auto box or the manual box, hopefully. No, I think it'll still stay with the auto box on the four doors. Uh, Jeep doesn't like putting the manual box on the bigger vehicles. Well, I see some of the states guys now talking about the Wrangler, uh, the Gladiator coming with the option. Well, Six whether they translate into South Africa, we'll have to see. Be nice, because yeah. not everybody likes an auto off-road. But um, I think I think what's nice about it, what you can see, is you put big wheels, put a lift kit on it, and you already got something with attitude. Yeah, and, and they, they really dress up nice. And you're going to have to lift it because obviously the four door already has a problem with that brake over angle. Brake over angle. Yeah, it's going to. And be its wheelbase is really long. Yeah. And I mean, if you park the Jeep four door next to a Land Cruiser bucky, the Jeep's wheelbase is actually longer because the wheels are right on the corners. Corners. Yeah. Um, so then having the Gladiator with an even longer wheelbase than that, you're going to need to lift it. They um, said 21 degrees max, which, yeah. is, which is not going to be the one that you want to take over a mountain. But on the <laughs> farm, it'll do great. Um, I, I don't think it'll be such an extreme traveler. It'll be interesting to see if the Overlander guys um, pick up on it. Yeah, I think it'll be put a, a Put a nice canopy roof tent on it and, and on diesel format, it'll run. Really nice. Ah, it could be a and those nice three overlay. liter diesel engines are really dependable. They've yeah. been in uh, they've been in the jeeps for a while now. Yeah. So there's not a lot that can go wrong with those. No. I think I think that would be the winner if you get it in manual and diesel, and then and then make it go long and far. Uh, I think with the customization of Jeep being what it is compared to everything else, it's going to be super because you're not going to get bored with it. Yeah, what's nice as well, it's based on the new JL model, yep. so that's got all the customizable features, yep. it's got a retractable roof, so you don't need to go and manually take the roof off in some of them. You can put the front windscreen down, you can take the doors off, you can do anything you want with it, basically. So yeah, no, it's exciting, it's exciting times that we live in to see that there's a couple of new vehicles coming in. Um, like we discussed last week with the new yeah. Defender, the Ineos Grenadier, and then the, the Jeep Gladiator coming. So, And, of course, in the state, the hot news is from the last couple of weeks is the Bronco. Yeah. Which is going to be another topic for another discussion. Obviously. Yes, we've had a look at it, but I don't think it's going to come to South Africa. Mm, they might do what they did with the Mustang and make it a world vehicle. I've got a funny feeling they might. Well, let's see. We'll wait for that. Okay, so that's uh, that's it for this week. Great well, stuff, thanks. We'll I'm sure there'll be week. plenty of talk to talk about next week. Yeah, thank thanks, you, Gary. Cheers. Bye.